This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. For me, it's all about performance. The thing is, anybody can be happy and cozy. Nothing good happens in the world by being happy and cozy. You know, like, nobody achieves anything great because they're happy and cozy. Some of you will recognize that voice. That's world-renowned rock climber Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold was born August 17, 1985, in Sacramento, California, making him just a couple of months older than yours truly. And I, as of yet, have not been a part of a movie currently or ever viewable on Disney+, Plus. so as they say, we aren't the same. Alex, like all climbers, has a streak of daring, adventure, whimsy, and courage that some of us only wish that we had. And Alex, as you well know, has those traits in the extreme. How extreme? Well, for those that are not aware, Alex takes rock climbing to an entire another level. A level to which few in the world have or will ever go. You see, Alex climbs many of his projects without man-made protective equipment. And I'm not talking about helmets and pads and things like that. I'm talking about free soloing, which in the sport of rock climbing means no ropes, no harness, no belayers, no crash pads, on some of the world's highest, most exposed, and most dangerous faces. Honnold grew up in Northern California and began climbing at a very young age. He continued to climb throughout his formative years, ultimately leaving college to pursue his passion. He continues to be one of the most recognizable and breathtaking climbers in the sport today. His accomplishments include numerous records for fastest ascent, including the nose route of Yosemite's El Capitan, which he later broke and completed in under two hours, which is not bad for a 3,000-foot-tall route. He also free-soloed a number of well-known routes, including Yosemite's Astroman and the Rostrum, which he did in the same day, both of which are rated at 511C. And I won't go into ratings here, but suffice it to say that without a large amount of climbing experience, most people would barely be able to get off the ground on these routes because they're that difficult. He has also free-soloed Moonlight Buttress in Zion National Park, which is a 512C, which is harder by a full four grades than Astroman and the Rostrum. He has also climbed the regular northwest face of Half Dome, which is 5'9", significantly less complex, but very long, and therefore tiring, which is a very dangerous combination when there's no stopping till you reach the top or fall off the mountain. And most notably, he free-soloed the Freerider route on El Capitan, which is a 5'12D, and was recorded in the lead-up for the movie Free Solo. And Free Solo you can watch online, if you're interested. I believe, it again, it's on Disney+. And as someone who's seen the movie a couple times, I would strongly recommend not holding on to anything slippery, because if you're like me, your palms will get sweaty, and you will drop whatever it is you're holding. All kidding aside, it's a serious concern. Of course, while all these feats are impressive, I mean, so impressive, in fact, that they're almost unbelievable. In fact, when Alex first started free soloing, many people actually did not, in fact, believe that he had done what he was claiming to have done. Gradually, however, as these feats built, 
and people witness them. In fact, it's awfully hard to argue when you have a documentary and filming you the entire time that you prepare for and then complete your ascent. People then did begin to believe all the things that Alex was doing. Now, as interesting and applause-worthy as these accomplishments are, they only mark moments in time. And I'm sure Alex wouldn't love me saying that. For, the, for him, these were very long and detailed projects. They were very strenuous, very dangerous. And that's all recognized, believe me, when I say that, that I'm not making light of any of this. They are wickedly impressive. But for me, the thing that is the most interesting is the how. How does someone train both mentally and physically for this type of activity? I mean, this is literally a zero-fail pursuit. You may have been skiing before and seen at the top of some of the runs signs that say this is a no-fall zone. And they're probably right. You probably don't want to fall in those areas. They're probably the kind of areas that if you fall, you'll probably get hurt. But I think about this often with many a high-level athlete or performer. But few, if any sports that I know of, have a guaranteed end of life for underperformance. Even a top-tier wide receiver misses a football every so often. Surfers wipe out and still swim away. And even race car drivers crash and survive. I'm not aware of anyone who has fallen from multiple thousands of feet up a rock face and lived. Now please don't go Google that, I don't want to play the gotcha game, but you can imagine what I'm saying here, that this is a very no-fail activity. And Alex is mysterious and complicated. He has to be so dialed in to perform these feats. And you really get a sense of this. If you watch Free Solo, you see the mental churnings that he's going through. Not to mention those of his film crew who sit there, and they're friends of Alex. The people that record this, recorded this and, and documented this amazing feat, arguably one of the most amazing physical feats ever accomplished by a human being ever. They recorded all this, and they were friends with him. And they even say in the film, imagine you're up there filming Alex as he's climbing this route with no protective equipment. Am I going to watch my best friend or one of my best friends fall through the frame to his death? How do you record that? How do you, how do you sit there and capture the images that you want to have, that the world wants to see, to prove this amazing feat so everyone can revel in the accomplishments for the value of the sport and for all of the amazing things that it brings to everyone who sees it? You want that. But at the same time, you don't want to be the person who causes him to fall. You don't want a piece of gear to rattle or click or do something that throws off his concentration for even a moment while he's on that face. And Alex, for his own part, has to stay there on the rock, focused, laser focused on what he's doing. No distractions. No listening to the birds chirp. No enjoying the sun beating down on his face or the breeze blowing across his sweaty body as he climbs up this mountain. No, he has to be focused, laser-focused on what he's trying to accomplish, or he dies. He doesn't get an incomplete pass and get to run back to the line of scrimmage and try it again. He doesn't climb back on the surfboard and paddle out for the next wave. He doesn't dust himself off, visit the hospital, get a couple of burns treated, and then get back in a race car and do it again. He dies. And I don't think that can be overstated here. How serious what he's doing is, and how he's able to accomplish that is fascinating. And he's been asked a thousand ways by a thousand different people how he does what he does. And I'm sure it's nearly impossible to explain. Some of it likely is biological. He's just, quote, wired differently, as much as I hate that term. But some of it is learned. Some of it is trained. 
and fought for and tenuously held onto like a thin stone flake on the side of a mountain. And so what can we learn from him? What can Alex teach us about how we live our relatively mundane life about peak human performance? That is the kind of thing that when I read and watch these exploits from his accomplishments, I start to think about. And that's why I bring it here to you today. And Alex, to his credit, does give us a glimpse under the hood. And that's what today's quote is actually about. It comes to us from the film Free Solo. It's about an hour in or so if you want to go find it. But imagine the year is 2017, and Alex is preparing for his free solo attempt of free rider. He's been training, repping out the hard sections, or cruxes as they're called, on ropes in order to prepare. And in the quote, he's talking about Sonny, his girlfriend at the time, who is with him during the training, knowing that one day he's going to walk out of their camper van, step onto the rock, and start climbing. And she may never see him again that day. And Alex mentions that the point of life for Sonny is happiness and being around the people that make you feel fulfilled. And about himself, Alex says this. For me, it's all about performance. The thing is, anybody can be happy and cozy. Nothing good happens in the world by being happy and cozy. You know, like nobody achieves anything great because they're happy and cozy. As usual, simple, succinct, and chock full of lessons. I really like this quote for that reason. And you know me, listener. You know that I can't sit still and I can't bask in who I am. I'm always seeking. I'm always scraping for improvement, be it ever so small. Every moment in life, in my mind, offers me the opportunity to rise to a new level. Whether it be of accomplishment, or of contentedness, or of peace, or of living, every moment in life offers that to me. So too, I'd gather, for Alex. For me, self-improvement is a hobby. For Alex, it's a matter of life and death. While I can fall short of my goals, his goal is, no pun intended, never to fall. Now, there are those who would disagree with me and with what I just said about myself. Life isn't just about self-improvement, they'd say. You have to live. Why are you working so hard? Etc. And perhaps they're right. Perhaps my pursuits are in vain. I don't know. But what I do know is that when those nostalgic look-back moments that I do from time to time come into my thought process at seemingly arbitrary markers in my life, it's most fulfilling to me when I see how much better I've become than I was at that time. And Alex is absolutely right that being happy and cozy is not the mainstay of a performer, of an improver. Note, I didn't say that Alex or I are never happy, right? Topping out on El Cap after nearly four hours of continuous, stressful, life-threatening climb, doubtlessly washed over Alex with a, a type of happiness that few of us will ever experience. And I am regularly happy and cozy myself. What pursuers of improvement in any area or areas must acknowledge is that from time to time, we all pause. You're likely like this too. You work hard, you improve, you grow, and then you enjoy it for a moment before moving on to the next challenge. That, I would argue, is life. That is what we do. Some people just up the frequency of those challenges, deliberately instigating them instead of just letting them come as they may. So, there we have it. A recipe for success from one of the most successful climbers ever to grab a hold. 
Be willing to be uncomfortable. Seek it out. Force yourself to get up from your bed when it's dark and cold and do something to make yourself better. And look, I'm not Jocko Willink here. I'm not telling you to kick off your workouts at 4.30 a.m. every day. Unless, that is, I guess, you, unless you want to. It can be as simple as reading one paragraph, or hell, one sentence of a book that you're trying to finish. It can be to take control over your food by preparing a snack or a meal for yourself that day instead of relying on a vending machine or a fast food at lunch. It can be to simply establish a disciplined routine from which to start your day. Whatever your motivation is, whatever it is, it's probably not happy and cozy in your bed under the covers with your eyes closed, detached from the you that will eventually wake up and be you. But that's where the growth is. Out there, in the dark, in the cold, face-to-face with your challenge or challenges, whatever it is or whatever they are. And you can't fight them under the covers. So today, take that as your challenge. You don't have to be Alex Honnold. You don't have to go out and climb rock faces with no protective equipment. And in fact, let me point the marker in the sand here. For liability reasons, do not go out and be Alex Honnold. Do not go out and climb without protective equipment. You heard it here. All joking aside, though, there's something to be said for that. The preparation, the time, the investment, the energy into being the best version of yourself. Taking that slow, steady strain that I've talked about in previous episodes. Take that slow, steady strain constantly, and you will become better. You don't have to climb rock faces with no protective equipment to be successful. Being a slightly better father, mother, son, daughter, spouse, partner, friend, coworker could be more than enough. No matter what area you choose to improve in, you can improve. And you do it by choosing, at least sometimes, to not be the happiest and coziest that you possibly can be. Because as Alex says, nothing good happens from being happy and cozy. So go be less than happy, less than cozy, for a bit, and be better. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.